0: This podcast contains frank discussions about sex, kink, and BDSM. If you're a consenting adult who wants to learn more about these topics, then stay tuned. You're listening to Chief from kinkyevents.co.uk, helping you create the dom-sub dynamic you've always fantasised about. Hello and welcome To another episode of Conversations with the Dom with myself, Chief. Today, my sub, Moano, is not here, so you get to enjoy my lovely voice alone. I'm sorry, I apologize. It's always much more fun when Moano is here, but today, hopefully, the content will make up for this because I am going to be giving you my best tips to improve your dominance in the bedroom. Now, these tips are not going to be the standard stuff like, you know, spank someone. I'm going to get a little bit more deep and I'm going to give you some some cool things that really helped me. And this applies if you're a man, if you're a woman, it doesn't matter about your gender. And also if you're a sub listening, don't switch off. These tips might help you as well, or at least we'll give you some ideas. If you're, if you're into them, you can bring them up with your dom. So I'll keep them short and sweet. We've got nine tips and I think you're going to like them. So let's kick off straight away without any further ado. So, number one, sometimes people have a little bit of trouble getting into the dominant headspace. It feels really bloody awkward to go up to someone and say, Get on your knees and, you know, lick me out or suck my cock or bend over that bench. It, if you're not used to it, and even if you are used to it, it feels a bit weird sometimes. So, Here's a tip that someone once told me, and I really like it. Think of the game Simon Says. The game of Simon Says is simply this. You tell someone to do something, and everyone has to copy it. So you say, Simon Says, touch your nose. Simon Says, touch the person to your left or touch your foot. It's like a kid's party game, but it gets you into the mindset of of giving commands so think to yourself when you want to be that dominant in the bedroom and you're maybe struggling a little bit just think of the game it just takes the pressure off it helps you relax you might even say to your sub if you're feeling nervous you can say hey look you know this is what i'm going to be doing i want i want us to pretend like we're playing a game of simon says but a sexy game of simon says all right a sexy game of sexy simon says i like that alliteration just don't say the Simon Says bit because that would definitely kill the mood. Just leave that, that bit off. Instead of saying Simon Says, get on your knees, you'd say get on your knees. You're not saying get on your knees in that stern tone. You'd say get on your knees, open your mouth. Do you see? It's a slightly softer tone and your sub may appreciate it. Again, back if you're a sub listening to this, feedback to your Dom. What's his voice tone like or his or her voice tone like? Do you like it? Do you like the more playful aspect? Anyway, if if you're in a dom-sub dynamic, you kind of should know what the other person likes and the kind of style they want. And uh, and I've always said, don't don't make it not your personality, right? My personality is not strict and stern. And therefore, if I tried to do that in my dominance, it would come across as a bit weird. So there we go. That's tip, tip number one. Think of the game, Simon says. Tip number two is more of a sex tip, but I absolutely love this one. I call it finger to back of hand. I know, shit name. This is primarily about oral sex. Because when you're giving oral sex, your mouth is kind of full. It's kind of difficult to communicate. Let's say that I am going down on someone. Normally, when you're going down on someone, your hands of the giver are kind of around their waist, maybe, or on their legs, or they're certainly somewhere near them, unless they're tied again behind your back. Of course, if you're a sub and you like that kind of thing, I kind of do. So if, if that's the case, there are other ways to do this. But imagine for a moment, your hands are both there, right? So I'm going down on someone, I'm lying on the bed, I've got my hands on their waist. How do I know If I'm doing it right, how do I know if they're enjoying it? I'm reading their body language, I'm sensing they're into it, but how could I make it even better? Well, the trick is this you get the receiver to put their hand or their finger on your body in some place. I'm going to use the back of the hand as an example because that's generally the easiest to reach. And what they're going to do, they're going to circle their finger on the back of your hand to indicate the tempo that they like. Not necessarily the exact tempo, but certainly to get a sense of if you need to slow down or speed up. If you're going down on someone, everything's going great. They just don't change that motion. They keep circling your hand. They keep circling it. And now speed up your finger a little bit. Speed it up. You can feel that. And that would give you a nonverbal signal that you need to Change your tempo, increase your tempo. Just because your fingers going round and round doesn't necessarily mean you have to go round and round with your tongue. But just in the most basic form of this tip, you're just you're just feeling the tempo. Everyone's clit is different. Everyone's penis is different, and it's really difficult sometimes. Even as a penis owner, you know sometimes I like hard strokes, sometimes I like soft strokes, and the sensitivity is constantly changing. So what is my partner going to do? How they how are they even going to know that? Well, this is the tip for that. Try it out. Yeah, that was tip two. Finger on the back of the hand. All right, let's merge straight into number three. Number three, get good at reading their body language. Get good at understanding what they are enjoying, what they are not enjoying, even though they are not saying anything. There's so many different ways to do this. The pressure with which they're gripping you, how their hips are undulating, the whether they're getting flush, often People especially women who are turned on will get a flush on their upper chest they will kind of get a red flush and maybe on their cheeks the labia also get a bit redder sometimes but that's that's harder to notice so it's not just about getting wetter right it's about noticing these signals that things are going well maybe if you give them a little kiss on the neck you will hear them take a gasp of breath or change their breathing in some way. And that gives you another indication what they like. This is especially useful if you're with a partner who you're fairly new, maybe you've not even slept with them yet and it's your first time. Take a while to explore their body. Just even just focus on their neck and upper back. Normally, the neck and upper back are quite sensitive areas. Just try kissing around. And and sometimes, you know, I've had some people where the side of the neck is not sensitive at all, but then you kiss their upper back at the, the base of their neck. And they just go absolutely crazy. And they haven't told me this. It's just because you're noticing the little shifts in their body language as you do it. Part of being a good dominant or even a, a good submissive, and uh, just a good lover in general, is being able to read those body language cues from the other person, read what they're responding to and understanding their what makes them tick without them having to say anything. That's the key. Tip number four, one of my favorite toys, go out and buy yourself a magic wand vibrator. This is by far the sex toy that I've had the most result with, or of with women. Like, I don't think there's been a woman who has not enjoyed a magic wand vibrator. Of course, that again, in my experience, there are a 100% women out there who don't like it, but generally the success rate and what people enjoy, generally most people really, really seem to enjoy it. Now, why the Magic Wand Vibrator as opposed to a normal vibrator? It's because of the bigger head. The bigger head gives more surface area contact, and it tends to be a lot more powerful than the kind of bullet vibrators, which tend to be a bit more pointy and and focused on a specific area. The Magic Wand, you can kind of move it around. It's got such a big head that it, it covers a lot of area. And I really advise you getting one that plugs into the mains rather than a battery. Why is that important? Well, the battery sex toys with batteries, they always die, don't they? They always you have to change them in the middle of the scene, or they last half an hour and then it's gone. So I really, really recommend mains powered one, because it just lasts longer. What do you do with it? Would just do anything? <laughs> just do anything. I mean, the obvious one is just stick it on someone's clit and you're good to go. Again, I'm saying that a little bit facetiously don't just stick on their clit because it, for some people who've never experienced it it could be quite painful so you've got to work up to it but once once they're comfortable with it you know it's good for everything it's good for punishments maybe you hold it on them until they're about to orgasm and then you take it off and they're not allowed to come that's a that's a kind of punishment punishment teasing Again, you just you just edge them, you you build them up, you let it back off, you build them up, you let it back off, and you can choose whether you, you make them come. And, it, you know, eventually they'll be just begging you, hey, shit, you know, I really want, please let me come. And as a dom, you can choose whether they've been good or not to let them do that. So edging, forced orgasms as well. After someone's come, you can keep it on the on their clit, and it because the clit's super sensitive after an orgasm. Normally, holding it there is going to be a little bit painful, but it's also going to be a little bit pleasurable. And uh, depending on your physiology, some some women can you know orgasm again very quick in very quick succession. Some people can't. Some people don't even reach orgasm. That's absolutely fine. Just just do whatever works for your body. But generally, the clit gets sensitive. So holding it on. And varying the speed, you as the dom can choose whether you want it to be a little bit painful, if you want to do more of a punishment or teasing or or whatever. It's just such a great toy. Highly recommend you go and buy one. If you want an idea of the one I have, I just have the standard basic one from Love Honey. Go onto my website, search for sex toys. I've literally got a photo of all the sex toys I own. Well, this was about two, three years ago now. I've bought more since, but all of the sex toys I've own are laid out and I've described each one and there's links to go and get it. So if you do enjoy this, do go and have a look at that. Any magic one vibrator will do. Just make sure, you know, it's it's quite a hefty one. All right, building on this theme, let's talk a little bit more about edging and teasing. I like to call this technique count down to orgasm. This is probably one of my favorite techniques. It's very simple. And the great thing is you can do it remotely or you can do it in person. Here's the idea. Let's say you're doing this remotely. You're going to tell your sub to get naked, get on the bed, get out their favorite toy, or just use their hand. And you're going to tell them to play with themselves until they reach, say, an eight out of 10 on on the arousal scale. A 10 can be whatever it is for them. It might be an orgasm. If they have difficulty orgasm, then don't make it an orgasm. Just just pleasure, you know, when they're an 8 out of 10 towards wherever they want to be. Tell me when you get to an 8 out of 10. You go away, you carry on doing whatever you're doing. Maybe you're playing with yourself or doing something else. What I like to do is I like to send dirty talk over voice notes as well. So I'm chatting with them. Maybe I'll do text chat at the beginning. So as they're playing with themselves, I'm, ch- I'm texting loads of dirty things to them and they're getting more and more turned on. They tell me they get an eight and then you stop. Okay. You tell them, stop what you are doing. Put your hands down, put your hands down by your side for 60 seconds. During the 60 seconds, you can carry on teasing them, but they are not allowed to touch themselves. During the 60 seconds, their arousal level will go back down. So maybe it goes back from an eight the way to a five maybe it goes to a seven you can say 60 seconds or you can just say hey right good let me know when your arousal level gets back to a five they text you again it's got back to a five all right now this time i want you to go to a nine out of ten so you repeat the process you dirty talk with them again or you leave them to their own devices it doesn't matter dirty talks often better they get to a nine out of ten they tell you and you say stop and you let them come back down if you're doing this in person Combine it with the magic one vibrator, get the one vibrator out, put it on them, and say, Right, tell me when you get to a nine. When they get to a nine, they tell you, you take it off. Works especially well if they're tied up as well, maybe blindfold them at the same time. So all they can do is speak and hear you. And yeah, that's a great night. All right, let's go back to the remote example though. So they get to a nine out of 10. Effectively, you're just gonna repeat this again and again but this time you're going to go to 9.5. And then the next time you're going to go to 9.8 and then you're going to get to 9.9. At the point they get to 9.9, they've done this maybe three or four or five buildups at this point, And it's up to you what you want to do. You, if you want to edge them, you, you can keep going. So you can keep going 9.9 back down to an 8, 9.9 back down to an 8, 9.9 back down to an 8. If you're feeling evil, you then end it there and you don't let them come. If they've been naughty or bratty, a great punishment. You don't even have to tell them up front that you're not going to let them come, but they now have, (laughs) then you can say, well, you're not going to come until I next see you and that'll wind them up. That's great. Generally, when I'm at the, the above nine, so the kind of nine to 10 stage, I'm not just texting them anymore. I'm voice noting them as well because I want to associate my voice with the pleasure. All right. So I hope that helps. It's, a, it's one of my favorite techniques as well. Countdown to, organa, to orgasm. I really, really love this one. Tip number six, building on the last thing, get good at dirty talk. And I'm gonna be more specific. Get good at anchoring. For those who don't know, anchoring is an NLP technique where you associate a particular action or word or phrase or something you do with an emotion or an experience that someone else or yourself is feeling. I'll give you a simple example. Let's say you went on an amazing holiday last year. You absolutely loved it. And now every time you see a photo on your phone of that holiday, it just brings back all those memories and all those good feelings and come flooding back. That is anchoring. We're going to be anchoring pleasurable feelings to a touch or a word. So think back to the previous example I di- I gave with Countdown to Orgasm. The reason I start doing voice notes and dirty talking between 9 and 10 is because I want them to associate a certain voice tone I'm using, certain phrases I'm using, with being in a super, super heightened state of arousal. It's as simple as that. That means that when we're out and about, I can say those same phrases and put them partly back into that state. Of course, you have to repeat this many, many times to get it to work. And it does depend on the person that you're doing it to, but it does work to some degree with everyone. Here's how you do it practically. There's a point when your partner normally is about to come and you can tell they're about to come. It's like the point of no return. In guys, you can feel it. It's like five seconds before you ejaculate. You can just feel that you're going to come and there's pretty much no way of stopping it. You can feel the the fluids start to move through your balls and out and through your shaft it's you know it's the point of no return you can't stop yourself you're going to come no matter what the same is true in women it's you can't really you can't really notice it so much because obviously it's not you that's feeling it but um, you, you will you know they'll gasp or they'll say something or you will know if you've played with them long enough you will know when they're at that point point. and again This also goes back to point three about reading their body language. Get good at noticing when they're at the point of no return. And what you're going to do at that point, you are going to say a phrase and you are going to anchor your touch to them. Personally, I do the ear, the earlobe, in fact. I don't know why. I think the earlobe can be quite sensitive on people anyway. If it's not at all sensitive on the person you're doing it with, then try and choose an anchor point that is already sensitive. If someone has a really sensitive neck already, or has has a really strong reaction already when you when you pull their hair in a particular way, and that already arouses them, use that. So we'll take the example where I'm using the earlobe, I'm lying next to my partner, I'm playing with them, I notice that they reached the point of no return, and so I say, come for me now. Maybe that's my phrase that I use, come for me now, little slut, or whatever, something like that. And at the same time, I gently bite their ear, or I gently stroke their ear with my fingers. I have now anchored the point of no return and orgasming to that touch and to those words. If you just do it once, it's not going to have an effect. Don't think you can go down to Sainsbury's, touch their ear, and they're going to be a puddle on the floor and you're going to get voice over the i for a cleanup on aisle, f- aisle five, right? that That's not going to happen. It might happen if you do this a hundred times in a row. In fact, this reminds me, I I used to know someone who was very orgasmic, very, very orgasmic. And, you know, it got to the point where I could pull her hair and she would orgasm. And then someone else, again, had really sensitive ears. So I could, I could touch their earlobe and, you know, just whisper, come for me now. And they would come and, and with no stimulation, just go from zero to a hundred straight away. That is rare, all right? So all all of the people out there, especially women who who worry that they or have struggle orgasming, don't don't set that as your standard. Okay. That is exceptional. That is rare. We're not trying to do that for you. What we what we want to do for you is just make it more fun, slightly more easier, and maybe get you into a slightly more aroused state than you would be, so that you can have some fun when you're out and about. Okay. So don't don't compare yourself to others. Just compare yourself to what you are now, how your play is now, and where you want to take it. The next session, you do the same thing. You build this up. How long it takes will depend on your partner. I can't give you that definitive answer. But the way to test this is, well, keep doing it. I'd say do it at least five times before you try and do anything. Just do it at least five times. Ideally 10. Then when you're out and about, and, and the good thing is, I should say, you don't have to tell your partner you're doing this. All right. Don't, don't tell them what you are doing. Just do it. I would say just do it five to 10 times. After that 10th time, when you're in a slightly aroused state, so you're not mega turned on, but you're also not in a state where you're super turned off. You are going to, and this is for your partner. So maybe you had a nice date night. You're out at a restaurant. And you're then get or you're just walking home, you know, you're both like excited because you're gonna go go home and have sex. That is the point to test this trigger. So you're gonna lean in, maybe you're gonna kiss them, get them aroused, and then you're gonna touch their ear. You're not gonna say the phrase, you're not gonna say, come for me now, because that's silly. Then they're, they're literally not gonna come on the spot unless you train them really well and they're, they're you know, hyper orgasmic anyway. But so don't say come for me now because then if they don't come, they're going to feel disappointed and, and they're going to be like, what the fuck? Why have you said that? That's weird. <laughs> so instead, just, just, just touch their ear and see what happens, right? See if there is a physical reaction. See if they kiss you harder. See if they mention anything. See if something happens. That's when you know it'll be, it'll be working. All right. So fast forward, you've got them to the point where that particular touch works really, really well. What you're then going to do is you're going to start bringing the point at which you do that touch forward, okay? Up to this point, you've been doing it mainly at the point of no return. You're now going to start doing it when, let's say the point of no return is 9.9 out of 10 aroused. You're going to bring it just a little bit forward, maybe to a few seconds before they reach the point of return, maybe a 9.8. This is not easy. It's really difficult to judge when they are at this point, but it is critical. You've got you've got to figure it out somehow, and you will. You'll do it. You're then going to say the phrase, and you're going to touch the ear, or maybe touch, do the touch, which will accelerate them to the point in their return, and then you use the phrase, "Come for me now." You're going to do this again, and you can see what I'm doing here. Over time, I'm slowly bringing forward the point at which I use the touch and say the phrase. How far forward you can bring it, again, depends on how orgasmic the person you are playing with and a whole load of other factors. So don't be disappointed if you can't bring it all the way forwards to, you know, when there are five out of 10 aroused, you do this and they suddenly go to a shoot to a 10 and come. Like I said, it's very rare. I do believe that uh, orgasm, for particularly for women, is largely mental. And so that as as the dominant, everything you can do to reduce the barriers to entry, like reduce the stress, reduce the mental inner monologue that's going on in, in people's heads. You know, when you meditate and you just qu- try and quiet and everything off, it's probably going to be easier to orgasm than if you're thinking about the washing that you've got to take off and the bills you've got to pay. No one's going to come in those situations. So part of the responsibility of the dom is, and I, I talk about this in my book, Sensational Scenes, is to get your submissive into the submissive mindset. And the submissive mindset is when they are not thinking about all that other shit. They are totally in the moment. They are totally present. They're totally focused on you. And by being in that moment, it should be easier for them to achieve pleasure and arousal and potentially orgasm if that's what you want to do. If you wanna read more about the kind of mental blockers that stop orgasm and the female orgasm, do check out Emily Nagowski's book, Come As You Are. It goes into all this. It doesn't go into the meditation and the NLP and the hypnosis stuff. That is stuff I've added but I believe it all works on the same principle. I believe you've got to start not just concentrating on the sex techniques, but start concentrating on the energy that you are bringing to a scene. That might be a big concept for some people. In fact, it's the main concept of my book, Sensational Scenes. It's not about learning all the techniques to be a great dom. A great dom can be someone who doesn't even know a lot of these techniques. They've just got that energy about them. If you're with someone and you feel totally comfortable, totally relaxed with them, it's more likely that you're going to be able to be aroused by them. If you want to know more about that kind of stuff, because this—that's the, that's the part that really fascinates me as a dom, the psychological aspect. If you want to do that and you're a dom who likes to give your sub pleasure, and particularly if you're a male dom operating with a female sub, then do go and check out my book, Sensational Scenes. You can find it at kinkyevents.co.uk forward slash. It's either ebook or book, I forget. But if you can't find it that way, you can just search for it. It's under the menu, under the product section. So how are we doing, guys? We're only on tip five. These are actually my secrets and things that have served me very well. It's not the normal BDSM stuff, which maybe you were expecting to hear when you started out. I like to go a little bit deeper, a little bit more mental when I when I talk about this stuff, because Again, it really is the thing that I think makes a difference. I love giving you away this content for free. I would love to get this podcast more popular because I think there are loads of people who could benefit from, you know, my mission, as as I've said before, is to make DS more acceptable and to remove some of the stigma about it. So if you are enjoying this episode, please, please, please do share it with a friend. I would love it if you, you know, went on Reddit. There's a big BDSM community on Reddit and, you know, share the links to my podcast or tell people about it. It really, really makes a difference to me. I love to record these things and share this info. But sometimes it's hard, you know, sometimes it's hard when I don't know if anyone is listening or not, because I'm just talking to an empty room. So if you do like it, please do come and join our discord server. You can find that on kinkyevents.co.uk as well. Join our community, come and say what you liked about it send me an email, chief at kinkyevents.co.uk as well, but also post on Reddit and just generally share this content. That would mean the world to me. Thank you. Let's move on to tip number six, repetition and rhythm. You'll notice all of these are starting to build on each other. Why is repetition and rhythm so important? There's something about rhythm and repetition that puts us into that trance-like state. Well, if you're spanking, Don't kind of do lots of random spanks. Imagine more that you're playing an orchestra. If you're going to do some spanks, maybe do ten spanks rhythmically: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then do ten on the other cheek: one, two, three, four, and so on and so forth. Keep the same rhythm. Keep the same tempo. It's the same, you know. That I call that one round. So maybe doing ten on each cheek spanking. The next time, you could do it again, because you've got the micro rhythm and the macro rhythm. Well, let me explain what I mean by that. The micro rhythm is, think, think of the spanking as blocks, okay? So you've done a block of 10 on the left cheek, a block of 10 on the right cheek. That is one uh, kind of micro block. It's, it's the micro rhythm. You've kept those 20 spanks in roughly the same rhythm. For the next set, the next block, you can do another 10 but exactly the same rhythm as the first 10. So that's the macro rhythm. So you do, 10, you do 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 10. You can hear, even even when I'm saying that, I'm using the same cadence, the same rhythm, and it, it, it does something to our brains. If you don't know the rhythm someone is using, and you don't know when they're gonna spank you, it's verging more into a punishment. It's not as relaxing, because you can't anticipate it. But if you know the spanks are coming in, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You can relax your body. You can relax your mind more because you know what is coming. You will find the rhythm that works for your sub. The key thing to remember is don't do sporadic spanking. If you want to do a punishment, then yes, do sporadic spanking. All right. So here's the punishment version of this. You get someone to stand against the wall, You blindfold them or you at least get them looking away so they can't see you. And then what you're going to do is you're going to do one really hard spank. Then you're going to pause, but you're not going to tell them how long you're going to pause for. Maybe you're going to pause for five seconds. Maybe you're going to pause for 10 seconds. They will certainly not be able to relax because of the anticipation. This is the difference for me, as well as the hardness of it, between a spanking that's done for kind of relaxing purposes and a spanking that is done for punishment it's the, it's the rhythm. By breaking the rhythm for a punishment, by them not being able to anticipate when a spanking is coming, that's what makes it a better punishment. Hope that makes sense. The same thing applies to giving oral sex or giving a massage or stroking their hair. Rhythm and repetition puts someone into a trance-like state and that's really, really good for inducing subspace or at least getting someone into the submissive mindset. Tip number seven, alternate between pleasure and pain. I call this intent switching. And again, it's something I talk about in my book, Sensational Scenes. And it's about oscillating between two opposite feelings. It doesn't have to be pleasure and pain. It could be going slow and going fast, going soft, going rough. Mix in some pleasure with some pain. Dominance and submission, as I've said, Is very much mental, and it can be about relaxation, but sometimes you do want your sub to not be able to anticipate what you're going to do, and you do want to mix things up to keep it fresh. So, this is why you intense switch. What? Here's an example. Right? Let's go back to the spanking. You're doing the relaxation spanking, so you're spanking, you're spanking, you're spanking. You do ten spanks, and you've done a few blocks of those. All of a sudden. You do a slightly harder spank. What you've done there is you've oscillated between pleasure and you've gone a bit into pain. They weren't expecting that because you built up the rhythm and you built up them to be expecting pleasure, 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 pleasure. If you throw in some pain suddenly, it's going to pull them a little bit out of, of because they're going whoa, hang on, I didn't expect that. But in the same way, weirdly, that also puts them deeper into trance and deeper into a submissive mindset. Here's another example. Maybe you are being very rough, okay? So you're having really hard, rough sex, and then you've been doing that for maybe ten minutes, and then all of a sudden, you just stop. You look into their eyes and you kiss them really softly on the lips. This is led about, less about pattern interruption and more just about mixing it up, keeping things fresh, and uh, not letting your sub anticipate what you're going to do next. But It's a really, really powerful technique. So give that a go. Alternate what you're going to do. Intent shift a lot. Once again, my book goes into a lot more detail on this. So go and check it out at kinkyevents.co.uk. Tip number eight, restrict something. This is more of a classic BDSM technique. Restrict something. Restrict their sight with a blindfold. Restrict their hearing by putting earplugs in or headphones on. Uh, Restrict their ability to talk restrict their ability to come without permission. Restricting the senses is the easiest one and where you should start. Restrict all their senses, maybe if they're into that, but the more you can restrict something about them, it's the simplest way to dominate them. Restrict something and you will find that they may enjoy it. Of course, all of this stuff that I've talked about, all of this stuff is based on you having got consent from the person first You should have done a sex menu. It's such a powerful tool to understand your partner. Please, please, please go to kinkyevents.co.uk and download our sex menu template. It's got 350 items in there where you and your partner can go through and rate each one over how keen you are to do them, how interested you are to, to give them a go. And this will help you when you are doing this kind of stuff because it might say on it, that blindfolds is a five out of five. They absolutely love it. Therefore, when you go to restrict something, what are you going to do? You're going to do blindfolds. Maybe they say they like being restrained with rope. Great, restrict their hands. But if if you haven't done the sex menu, you won't know that. So that's tip number eight, restrict something. And number nine, relax. Relax, it's supposed to be fun. Don't think that DS has to be this really serious thing. Ultimately, you are role-playing. You're role-playing with someone else for the purpose of getting satisfaction, getting pleasure, getting some sort of joy and excitement together. That's all this really is. If none of the techniques I've described do that for you, then don't do them. Who cares if it works for me? If it doesn't work for you, don't do it. DS is all about finding what works in your dynamic There's no one type of DS dynamic. Make it what you want it to be and just be relaxed. Explore each other. Explore what you like. Communicate. Communication is the thing that will get you to where you want to be. Really take the time to understand what it is that your sub wants. If you're a sub, get the time to understand what it is that your dom likes. If you're a new submissive and you struggle with this, because sometimes sometimes doms and subs really struggle to understand what turns them on. If you're a sub and you feel like that, then we have a course all about that. It's called The Art of Submission, where we, we go through what it means to be a sub. We help you discover yourself, what you're into. We help you do a sex menu. It's not for dominance. I'm afraid it is for submissives. But you and your dom can go it through, through it together. But I'd advise if you're a sub, you just go through it on your own. But yeah, I highly recommend that. And if you are a dom, then just really sit down and try and think, what what is it about being a dominant that you like? If you're a submissive, what is it about being a submissive that you like? What do you get out of it? What do you want to get out of it? What does your ideal dynamic look like? And then communicate that to your partner or to future partners. That is how you will build the DS dynamic of you, of your fantasies and what you really want. And that at kink events is what we're trying to do. So with that, I'm going to end this podcast. I hope you've absolutely loved those nine tips. I promise you those are some of the most powerful tips that I have in my arsenal and that I like to use and I have used for many years. I hope you can see their power. Some of them are quite advanced. They're quite nuanced. See what works for you. And do remember to share because the more listeners we get, the more time I can dedicate to giving you this kind of great information. Once again, if you want to come and see our website, we've got loads of articles on how to be a dominant sub on kinkyvents.co.uk. We've got a mailing list. You can sign up for our community. We've got about 500 members on there now, all chatting about everything to do with DS. So that's it. Have a great rest of your day. And I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Lots of love and spanks. All the best. You're listening to Chief from kinkyevents.co.uk, helping you create the dom-sub dynamic you've always fantasized about.